1: This is Star Talk. I'm your host, Neil deGrasse Tyson, your personal astrophysicist. And for today's edition, it's Cosmic Queries Potpourri. And I've got Eugene Merman visiting in from Boston. Used to yes. be local, and now you're not anymore.
2: I know. Why? Uh, you know. You got Family. married, you got kids got and stuff? Got married, Damn. children, moved to Massachusetts. Yeah, that happens. Yeah. Th- that happens. Well, welcome back. Thank you.
1: Uh, we're here in the YouTube studios. Uh, I don't know why, but that's where we are. <laughs> <laughs> Lindsay, why are we in the YouTube studio? We're,
3: uh, we're collaborating.
1: We're collaborating yeah. with YouTube. <laughs> well, how do we know that? Because Matt O'Dowd is here,
4: uh, in from
1: Australia. That's your home motherland.
4: Well, Australia, once upon a time, once yeah. a, once upon once a time. Once upon a time.
1: And we've got you now. You're uh, a, a professor of physics and astronomy. Happy to be got. <laughs> at, uh, at the City University of New York. That's right. Lehman College, up in the Bronx, where I'm from. Hey.
3: And
1: uh, you're here because you have a YouTube Channel I do yeah and well, it's it, I it's part of the PBS universe. <clears throat> I'm very delighted to learn that PBS has uh, a digital studio exactly. And you your
4: program within that is called
3: it's Space
4: called Time. <laughs> <to> <laughs> Fan. Uh, yeah, so Space Time, it's a PBS Digital Studios show. Uh, and these are short, so like four or five minutes each, or what? We go a little over. Oh. We tend to go eight to ten. Ooh. Because I'm kind of a them. bummer. Yeah, I, know. <laughs> <laughs> I I feel like that people take naps Part, part, like, part way through, but <laughs> they wake up for the end where the jokes are.
1: <laughs> no, that's great. So that's why we've got you here. That's why we're in the YouTube studios. And you're here to help me h- handle these Cosmic Queries yeah. solicited from the internet. I got from, you back. Fr- from, <laughs> our, from our, basically, our, our social media base They get solicited. And sometimes we solicit by topic, and then some don't fit in exactly right. And so we put them all in the grab bag. Mm-hmm. And so, Eugene. Okay. Let's do I, it. We haven't seen these, and so no. w- the no two idea. of
4: us. We'll we'll work. We'll work at this. Okay. All right? so this is where we prove we have anything up here <laughs> at all.
2: Go um, for it. So let's do this. Jordan Thomas, f- Jordan Thompson from Indianapolis asks, Neil, there once were reptilian the size of buildings, planets made of diamonds, stars five billion times that of our sun, and holes that lead to nowhere. Do you, know, do you think the universe has any limitations within creation?
4: So many things to pick on. And, well, well, first, and let me answer. just start off by
1: saying I'm from New York City. Yeah. There are no reptiles the size of buildings. OK, yeah, I don't so know where this, he's this from.
2: Feels <laughs> like, this feels like Iron Maiden lyrics. <laughs> <laughs> or, 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 or,
4: I want to live in this universe,
2: actually. <laughs> yeah, are there, were there ever planets made of diamonds? <laughs> planets? Oh, well, still are.
4: Yeah, yeah. So uh, tell us about that. What do you know of it? So a diamond is a very, very Dense form of carbon, put carbon under a lot of pressure, and those little yeah. atoms all align into that beautiful diamond lattice that we like to wear on our fingers sometimes. Um, but planets. A crystal can be lattice, yeah. A crystal lattice, exactly, yeah. yeah. Uh, planets are sometimes massive enough that the interiors can presumably crystallize carbon. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and carbon's not rare in the universe. No.
2: So, so there are planets, and the whole planet. In made fact, there's diamonds.
4: sections of the universe where. Mm-hmm.
1: It's mostly carbon. There are places where stars in their
4: effluences will actually
1: release copious yeah. amounts of carbon. It's a super so common material. Yeah, yeah,
4: yeah. So, I mean, the, the planets would be... The diamond would be inside. You need to get that pressure. And so you need a bunch of stuff on top so there'd be carbon outside. I knew you it. You've got to dig yeah. for it. Planets. What? Not all carbon, not all yeah. diamond. And the other thing is diamonds aren't that rare anyway, even on Earth. I think we, you know... Idolize uh, them uh, too much? Yeah, I mean, they're they're, they're mm-hmm. not...
1: Not Quite cool. So we got the diamond, and uh, like I said, in New York City, there are no reptiles the size of buildings. Um, <coughs> but if you live in a small town, you know, T. Rex would be bigger than your house. Although, right? yeah,
4: uh, could be. I, I know you know this because I, I think you assembled the T. Rex skeleton yourself at the museum.
1: <laughs> didn't <you>? I, I <laughs> don't know. It's it was a, a kit. Yeah, we put it together. Exactly. <laughs> right.
4: Well, so, so, so reptiles descended from the same ancestor as dinosaurs, but dinosaurs themselves I mean, they, modern uh, reptiles, yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, and yeah. uh, were not reptiles, as far as I understand, they are basically closely related to birds. In fact, birds are dinosaurs, really.
1: Aren't birds more closely related to the dinosaurs than modern reptiles are?
4: My understanding, really, from the phylogenetic tree at uh, the American Museum of Natural History is that birds and dinosaurs are really the same thing. Birds are the only surviving. My issue was
1: that reptiles, that's what I'm saying. So everyone's talking about birds being the descendants of dinosaurs without mentioning the crocodile. And is that true? Is that the product? I don't know.
2: But Crocodile is the worst bird. It is yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. famously terrible <laughs> but bird. Neither
1: of us is an is a is a is a paleobiologist, uh, but but so all I can say is, I don't. There were never dinosaurs the size of New York City buildings. That's all I'm saying. Right. And
4: okay. I, I, all I want to say is, is there a limit to this universe? I would say absolutely yes. In that not everything that can exist does, but so many things. Well, how do you know that? Uh, is it it's an educated guess? Uh,
1: I think, the laws I think some, name something that can exist that you think doesn't.
4: Name something that can exist Well, for example, the mathematics of 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 say uh, of relativity describe things like wormholes and yeah. and uh, you know quantum mechanics says it's tachyons. Mm-hmm. Uh, these these things
2: Star Trek isn't real. <laughs> <laughs> wait wait. <laughs> Like if I admit I can't emit a tachyon pulse.
4: <laughs> I, w- I would say an infinite universe contains an infinite number of things, but it doesn't contain everything that you can imagine. Uh, I said the laws of physics still have to be obeyed.
1: Uh, well I, so I'm with you on that. So you're not gonna have an empire state building sized reptile. Exactly. Because it can't hold itself up. Exactly. With a very interesting you know about this? They teach this. I don't think they teach this outside of like physics one oh one. But right. so so as you get bigger Yeah, your volume grows, uh, your weight goes up according to your volume. Yeah. But would... the strength of your limbs mm-hmm. goes up only according to this cross sectional area. So it's a matter of area versus volume. So
2: Godzilla is.
1: Godzilla would collapse under his own mm-hmm. weight into a puddle of, of guts. Yes. Correct. Well, the, even the if it was a least, irradiated,
2: just because oh, the irra- he was irradiated. <laughs> is that helpful? Does that,
1: that, <laughs> help? that,
4: that changes the volume area thing completely. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> so, does it
1: affect it at all? So no.
4: it's why the it's
1: why big animals, uh, heavy animals, have thicker legs. You can, so, so you can't just scale up an insect right. and make them this big <clears throat> because their body weight. That is
2: great news. That's good news. <laughs> <laughs> that is very good Yeah, yeah,
1: and it, and, it, and it completely negates half the horror movies of the 1950s. Point Sofa, the ant that was have, gigantic, it would. That would have to be a lot stubbier. They would have to yeah, be yeah. serious cankles to be able to. So, so as the ant gets bigger, the body weight goes so much, grows faster than the strength of its spindly legs can support it, and it would just collapse under its mm. own weight. So you can't just scale up insects and mm. get big insects. It's just not going to happen.
2: Well, I'm going to remove that as a fear I had. <laughs> <'Cause> the,
1: <laughs> so the laws of physics prevent that. Which is why you can't have Godzilla.
2: Right. As, as big as Godzilla is. Well, how big is. could a person be? Like, could you have a giant person that's the size of a building? A small... No, no, no. Building.
1: I'm talking about any kind of life. I mean, Any kind of life. Right,
2: right, right. right. Plus, so we don't need to fear, like, giant elephants or King Kong.
1: Plus, there's a, another thing that involves blood pressure. Uh Okay? So if you're really, really big, and you have to get blood to your brain, if your brain is at the top, you would need a seriously pumping valve to do this. Well, if
2: you had a heart, though, that was the size of a house inside your body that's the size of a a skyscraper, would that be fine? Uh,
1: You mean that could pump with that kind of energy? Yeah.
2: Yeah, I guess so. I mean...
1: You, yeah, can maybe it's a, just, so you need
2: maybe two or three hearts, is what we're saying. <laughs> uh, if you want so to be the size he's of the inventing Empire State creature government. here. But, 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 I'm just adding a heart <laughs> to a th- giant <laughs> thing that doesn't exist. Th- I think that's fair. I, th-
4: I think part of the problem is these things evolved from smaller versions, and so they have to kind of co opt those miniature organs to something that works on the large scale. They didn't come right. out of the box big. Yeah, right, exactly. Right, right. That's
2: so a the good biggest point. creature that ever existed is how. like is so, the, No, like, it is
1: the blue whale. That mm. exists today. Great. So what's fascinating to me yeah. is that mammals have some of the widest size range mm. of any branch in,
4: in the tree of life. What is the smallest mammal? <clears throat> it's
1: like it's it's like a it's like this big. There's a it's little. A you, m- could really, eat, you
2: could eat or it or a <laughs> for sure. <laughs> Pop- like is like an ordered, Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> but you go from this to the blue whale. Now here here's where the blue whale cheats. You look up blue whale in the book. Yeah. A blue whale weighs four gazillion tons.
2: Yeah. Not really. Because gazillion <laughs> isn't a number.
1: Well, no. Because <laughs> <laughs> not only for Excuse that reason, <laughs> but it's actually floating in water. Right, it's cheating. It is yeah. not holding up that weight. <coughs> oh. And so, once you are in water, then mm. there is no limit to your mass.
2: Wait, so could Godzilla exist, but only in water? Godzilla
1: loves being in the water. Exactly. And he
2: couldn't then exist. So the but he, he couldn't come he out of
1: the water and start terrorizing the town. In the same way, a crocodile is, com- is basically useless on the ground. A cardinal has to do a push-up yeah. just to walk, and then go back down because his legs are not directly <coughs> under it, which is a big evolutionary advance. Mm-hmm. You, I don't need muscles to hold up my body weight mm-hmm. because vertically, I'm just I'm so, just supported.
2: So, so to redo this, Godzilla can exist, but not out of the water.
1: Joe so hit says, "Go into the water." That's right, and sure. that's why huge, clumsy things are can be highly nimble swimming mm, in the water. Like giant yeah.
4: squids or jellyfish would just be a sack of. Yeah yeah, that
2: should be yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. OK, great. All right. We learned a lot, thanks. And that was from whom? That was from Jordan Thompson. Jordan thanks, Thompson. Jordan. Yeah. Um, Susan. Was that a
1: Patreon question?
2: No, it was Instagram. OK. Um, mm-hmm. These are all sort of largely Facebook and Instagram, so this one's from We're Facebook. supposed
1: to read Patreon questions wow. first. Because <laughs> they like, give us money and they
2: bribe us no, to I, read hey, their questions. First of all, first. I'm totally with you, excluding the part where I have no questions from Patreon. OK. So <laughs> I can make them up. <laughs> OK. All right, go on. Because that's that's, that's,
1: how, that's how you can bribe us. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay.
2: No, I agree. Mm-hmm. Um, Susan Minobe from Facebook asks, "How sure are we about our map of our galaxy and the universe in general? Could our tools, techniques, be mapping an illusion, and that the universe is much smaller or larger than we've calculated?" Mm. Mm. Okay.
4: Your show
1: is called Space Time.
4: Yeah. yeah. So why don't you take? Is everything left? we me... know
2: based on lies?
4: I mean, it it, it, <laughs> it it could just be that there's a giant dome that's painted kind of like the Wizard of Oz set. Right. And
2: are we in a super complicated Truman <laughs> show? I,
4: I think the, the closest thing to that is the idea of the holographic universe, where you have this vastly distant shell that's a hologram, and that our three dimensions are protected from two. Uh, highly, highly hypothetical, I'm not even going to say theoretical. Uh, so the so all right. How do we how do we measure this stuff with with many scientists working independently, making measurements independently, and, and getting agreed upon results? Um, in, in the case of the map of our universe, is pointing multiple different telescopes at, at distant galaxies and um, and you know ca- basically calculating redshifts and uh, so but, but also w- getting distances by different independent methods.
1: So I would add that we use a regular telescope that is sensitive to visible light, mm-hmm. and that's the extension of our retina, mm-hmm. and we see a galaxy there. Mm-hmm. Now somebody else invents an infrared telescope, or a microwave telescope, or a radio telescope, and we scan the sky, we find the same object, but now emitting in these other bands. Mm-hmm. So this gives us confidence that the object is real, that it's actually there and some interesting things are happening mm. in it. Mm. And that it's not. And then, like, as you were saying before I interrupted you, as you that should. you can get the distance to this object by multiple ways. Mm. They're not. Standard ways you would measure distances on Earth. On Earth, you can pace out the distance. You could get a little tape measure. You can use now one of these, um, uh like a wheel, La- uh, laser, laser, laser yes. thingies. Yes. That, that, so there are multiple ways. If you get the same answer from all those ways, and all those ways are completely different from mm. one another, mm. you have confidence you have the right distance to the object. Yeah. And so, yeah. So this, you combine all of these factors. We think the the universe is real and it is what we measure it to be. Mm. But you can take a deeper philosophical point that there is no reality beyond the measurement. The measurement becomes the reality of the universe that we describe. So to say it really is this other thing, you're just not measuring it to be, so I'll say how will you ever know that it's this
2: other thing? Well I don't know, the question wouldn't be that it's another thing, it's just that we are wrong.
1: How, How would you know that we are there's So, so right. we learn in quantum physics.
2: You learn in quantum physics.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the 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 reality of the world only makes sense through the measurement.
4: Right. In a sense. Yeah. You, yeah in a sense. So yeah, you cannot.
1: Right. It it doesn't. But mean anything I, to talk about a world that
4: is. Outside of a measurement, so that's, what, have that's no what that's what Niels Bohr no would say. Access to it, I think. Okay, I, th- I think. I think others. I think you know. For example, David Bohm and, and 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 realists would would argue otherwise. I think the important thing is not to confuse though the idea that the you know we have an, a subjective experience of the universe, and that that subjective experience isn't the universe. It's a different thing to the actual universe. And um, but nonetheless, the universe remains consistent. Our subjective experience of the universe matches other people's subjective experience. We can all make measurements that agree with each other. And that gives us confidence that there is something objectively real out there, even if we can't say exactly what it is.
1: And I would add to that, but I'll tie a bow on it, mm-hmm. that I look at something and I say, OK, that looks red to me. Well, am I on drugs or not? OK, I so that would so be Are a you? subjective reality. So then you devise an experiment, so you have an apparatus that measures wavelengths of light and you've already calibrated it, to that this wavelength is a red over here. So now you come to this, and the machine measures red as well.
2: Is so the machine on drugs?
1: <laughs> you're going to teach, you're gonna teach <laughs> the machine like, what red means yeah, first. We yeah. have to teach it over here what red is. And then we look at this thing that I'm looking at. And so now we both query the machine, what color is this? And the machine gives us the same answer. So I've removed my own brain from this experiment, and I'm getting the same answer. So to a limit, our subjective experience is reality, but we know the limits of our subjective mm. experience and the whole point of science is to is to probe reality reducing our subjective interpretation by as much as is humanly possible ideally to zero
4: yeah or, or refining the subjective model so that it better and better predicts the objective reality even though it will never be the objective reality it's it's a highly effective predictive you know apparatus mm-hmm. okay
1: all right, Next question. I think we have time for like one more question. Okay. In this segment, all right, what do
2: you got? From Leo Zua, Zusa uh, on Instagram. How about the recent articles about the possibility of us being part of a simulation and the Big Bang being just the seeding event of such simulation? Thanks.
4: I'm totally there. Yeah. I, I'm digging it every minute of it. You don't like yeah. It? Yeah. I'm I, loving I have, it? i I want to hear your I'm opinion. I'm loving this. it. I want to hear this. I'm <laughs> loving it. Well, so, so who made the simulation? Some, some, some
1: snot-nosed <coughs> kid in the in parents' basement of an alien civilization, well, who's mean, bored, and, and they're w- are more advanced than we are, <coughs> and they have, w- have way more computing power than we are. Right, so we do. It's, it's
4: like a little handheld Nintendo you can use. Exactly,
1: do. and so they program in enough detail to completely simulate every molecule in this universe, and we are here for their entertainment. Right. Why else can you explain where things are going along just fine in the world, then all of a sudden, there's a complete disruption. The snot-nosed kid. Culturally, politically, press- economically, a complete disruption. I think that's, the, its they throw it in for entertainment.
4: That's what I think. Okay, I, I'm, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna, I have two things to say. Firstly, I predict that you don't believe that. That's my first prediction. Okay. okay. <laughs> but I I'm not gonna, I don't wanna uh-huh. you know, put thoughts in your head. Uh, There's an
1: argument for why that, that's more likely. Yep. than any other scenario. And I'll tell you that in a minute, but <laughs> the, go on. The, the
4: numbers game, okay, so the idea that if, you, if you, you need to produce one universe capable of producing universe simulations. And it's all you need. And if that universe produces billions of universe simulations, then any universe that you happen to find yourself in
1: is more likely it's more to, to yeah. them yeah. than the one universe well, that started it all. If, yeah.
2: The way that like virtual reality now exists, and you know, video games have advanced. It is likely that in say a thousand years, whatever our virtual reality would or be, or thirty be, years, thirty years, <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I was a was thousand or thirty. Yeah. Well, thirty years that whatever it was would potentially be physical, like you could, it, you would be able to feel it. Okay, and so it I, would, no, no, it no, would,
1: it wouldn't. It doesn't even require that. No, it I just d- requires that what you program in there has an in your Nintendo, yeah, whatever it is, has enough complexity that in the mind of the characters in that game. They think they're real, right? Yes. So it has
4: free will. It can't simulate the whole universe because to simulate a universe perfectly, you need a computer the size of a universe. Do you? Do you? Yes. I yes. don't know. Because, <laughs> I mean, I a, assuming, hear, ass- ass- assuming it's a
1: Bip, perfect- dip, dip, dip. I do want to hear. But we gotta take a break.
2: I want
1: to hear. It. <laughs> I have so much to say. <laughs> so much to say. <laughs> when we come back, more of this cosmic query on Star Talks.
3: Sleep.
1: The guest Tyson Eugene Merman. Hello, back in the house. Eugene, you tweet by what handle?
2: At uh, Eugene Merman. At Eugene Merman. You got it.
1: And I've got a friend and colleague, uh, Matt O'Dowd, who who, who is uh, we, he's an associate up at the American Museum of Natural History. My day job, where I serve <laughs> as the director of the Planetarium. But he he's a he's an affiliate of ours, and but a professor in, of his own up at uh, Lehman College. In That's Europe, right. So welcome. And you've got your own YouTube channel.
4: I'm jealous. You've got a good YouTube channel. Well, my, my, my team's YouTube channel, you, I would say. OK, that's PBS good. PBS Digital Studios. PBS Digital Show.
1: Studios, very
4: good. Uh, titled uh, Space Time. Exactly. And,
1: uh, we left off mm-hmm. uh, before the break, uh, you asserting to my uh, disagreement that you need a computer the size of the universe to program the universe. And I'm saying that the universe that's created doesn't have to be the whole universe. It can be just some other universe. It can be whatever less than the original universe yes. needs to be to be whatever it is that I agree. where they think it's their whole universe. That I agree with.
4: Okay, yeah. good. That I agree. With. Oh, yeah. We have no discussion. No, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> we agree. Let's go for a beer. Right. Uh, All right. <laughs> I, I, I do have one thing to say. So yeah. this this whole idea recently came up. I think it, it it got a bit of oomph because Elon Musk asserted that this was quite likely that we were part of a, this simulation.
1: By the way, just to be clear, this thought did not originate with him. Oh, of course not. It goes back. To the 90s, and there are a few uh, philosophers who Mm. started, who who set this ball rolling, and then many others, many others. And one
4: of one of those writers, whose name I'm blanking on, Pearl Jam. That (laughs) might might have been Pearl Jam. Uh, (laughs) So the idea was that we are most likely in in what he called. You got to know your groups and when they peaked. This (laughs) is
1: good. (laughs) This is good. Uh, This is good, Eugene.
4: So the idea is an ancestor simulation. The idea that some future version of ourselves, when we're more advanced, Nick Bostrom is one of the original. Uh, thinkers of this. Yeah. I think. Okay, but go on. Uh, the idea was that that in the future, scientists or kids with Nintendo would choose to simulate the entire mental life of ancestors of of you know, from hundreds of years ago, just as a as a study to as a study in past psychology. Mm-hmm. But that's all they have to do. They have to they have to simulate only the the activity of the mind and input all of the senses as long as they're consistent. Mm-hmm. Now that that. Probably will be able to do. I mean, the brain doesn't have that many connections that we can't, you know, in in a couple of Moore's law doublings mm-hmm. sort that out. Uh, the, the problem with the I recently heard that Moore's law is now no longer eighteen months; it's how three, l- it's l- three l- years. That's until I we just heard that. until we hit the next, I guess, iteration of once we move beyond silicon, maybe. Quantum I'm computing. just saying. I heard, I just heard yeah, you. might be right. By, by top people. Sure, I cannot. This tell might you who. this might take very long good to
1: people. Top people. Great. Right. <laughs> OK, so, w- so where so are you going with this?
4: So the idea is it's not simulating a universe as you, in, as you suggested, uh, but I think, it, I think it requires a lot of assumptions that, that future us will want to simulate the entire mental life of our ancestors and, and that we're more likely to be that. But my main oge- objection is that part of the idea is that if something goes wrong, for example, we figure out we're part of the simulation, mm-hmm. then whoever's running the simulation can edit it and remove that thought and business as usual. Sure. And so, it's the most useless hypothesis. There are people who disappear and no one knows where they are. But that stuff would be, but, but, but,
2: but that would be. <laughs> yeah, that would we be, blame the Russians. <laughs> that would
1: be, <laughs> but, actually, that would but be simi- just some kid. You, you've had thoughts that popped into your head
4: today that you never had in the, b- previously in your life. So there's no, way, there's no way that the conspiracy can be proved or denied because you know, everything's programmed. Including, you know, evidence that we see that it is true. People disappearing, you know, um, Roswell, all of this stuff. Uh, is pre- presumably programmed in, so uh, I reject it because I think we need to continue on as though it's not
2: <laughs> true. Well, well you could do both. <laughs> you could be like, well, maybe we're a simulation, but we should clearly live life as if we're uh, people. As yes, yeah. we have, though we have last. free will. Well, we would also still like, even in a simulation, if you murdered someone, you'd go to simulation jail, which I'm sure is terrible. <laughs>
4: That's true. <laughs> yeah, I don't know.
2: All right, next question. All right. Um, Big dog D one two two three asks. If Venus doesn't have a magnetic field, then how does it keep its thick atmosphere? Mm. Shouldn't it end up like Mars? Mm.
4: That's a good one. Mm. Mm.
1: Mm. So one of the things that keeps our magnetic field stoked yeah. is that down in our sort of semi-molten iron core, you get, car- you get iron sort of mov- moving. Mm-hmm. And, if you have, and, and Earth is spinning. Mm-hmm. And so since we spin it, at, at, uh, relative once a day, that's right. yeah. relatively fast. Much faster than Venus. Um, How fast does Venus spin? Like a little less often than once a year, and, oh, really? and in the wrong direction. Right, oh. it spins. What yeah, a yes. dumb
2: planet! <laughs> <laughs> you can have that as
3: a book title.
1: <laughs> yeah, what a dumb. So you are fewer, you are fewer days old on Venus than you are years. So that's, so it's not churning, you know, you don't get this sort of what they call differential rotation. Mm. So, so Venus, right, does not have a significant magnetic field. The magnetic field protects you from the ablative effects of Mm. the solar wind. And so there's Venus closer to the Sun, getting twice the flux of solar wind than we get, Mm -hmm. and it maintains its atmosphere. So generally, when we, what, the, what goes on here on Earth is, it's not that it will blow away our atmosphere, it's that if there's a water molecule high up, H2O, mm-hmm. the energy from the sun can break apart that water molecule, separate the hydrogen
4: from it, then you lose the hydrogen. Mm. But I think, I think part of it is also that Mars is much, much lighter than Venus, and mm-hmm. so Venus is almost as mass- uh, massive as the Earth, and so yes, it, it, it holds yeah. on to its atmosphere, mm-hmm. um, and you know, the it, it has so much of it it's it's got to be losing stuff but the time scales just much much longer
1: right and it's got nearly 100 times the atmospheric pressure as earth so from
2: uh, how how does that
1: well you, so if you go there you would uh, c- you'd be crushed split seconds before you vaporized why is that the order? Be, why is it, why <laughs> is the, the other way around. So, so, so I don't know the full the reason. full origin of that. Right. No.
4: It's got a lot more of
1: it. Well, I'm so not going. Though.
4: <laughs> the the record for a, a lander on, on Venus is something like two three hours before it crumpled in like a yeah, fish and band.
1: and and the big Venus people were the Russians.
2: Mm-hmm. They
1: they had the Venera spacecraft.
2: And they sent it, and they got some info, and then got crushed.
1: Yeah, you get crushed, and it, it melts. It's uh, they knew this, but it was it's still yeah. a challenge. While we were going to Mars, they were going to Venus. Right?
2: And Did we go to Mars because it's super easy? <laughs> <There you go. laughs> it's actually, hard. It's
1: pretty so Mars is hard. <laughs> Venus uh, is close. But up. a quick thing. So, um, it's while we're on the subject, mm-hmm. I uh, allow me to um, tell you the story of Venus. Sure. Oh. Oh, okay.
2: I was going to say, do you know the story of Venus? Mm, I know the story of Venus. <laughs> Great.
1: So. Um, you know, if you're from Mars, you're a Martian. If you're from Earth, if from Earth you're an Earthling. If you're Venus, you're a Venusian. You know, these are, we have these words if you are of those places. Yeah. It turns out Martian is, act, is correct. Earthling is good. Um, but Venusian, that's an improperly formed word. We're stuck with that word because the properly formed word was already taken by a whole other branch of science. Mm. The medical doctor. If you are of Venus, you are venereal.
4: Oh, from the Latin.
1: I from the Latin, yeah. exactly. That is the genitive form of venereal. Venus. And so when doctors found diseases <laughs> peculiar to lovemaking, mm-hmm. and Venus being the goddess of <laughs> oh. love and beauty, they said, let's name it all after Venus. Right, So right. that became the category of venereal <laughs> disease. And aliens
2: were like, we would rather you didn't call us venereal. <laughs> right, Right.
1: <laughs> right. <laughs> they are pissed off so ever since. So th- so it's we should not be surprised that the Spacecraft, the Russians sent to Venus, we'll all call the Venera series, mm-hmm. and it's because of that mm-hmm. genitive form.
4: So so war wounds should be Martian, like that's a, a martian contusion you receive. Yeah, that's a
1: for, if you want to be, yeah, if you want to be symmetric consistent. about that, consistent. Yeah, yeah. Okay. you have a Martian wound. Yeah, 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 very bad wound. Let's, let's try to make that happen. Yeah, all right.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, f- Nelson. Uh, from Syracuse in upstate New York, no, asks, almost as
1: bad as Chuck Nice at this. He he mangles the names I'm every not, single time. I'm
2: not mangling anything. It's People not choose a weird word. names. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, meaning like people's like monikers,
4: which isn't a word. I had a space-time commenter called S Well, I think I pronounced it correctly. Yes, spelled S space S S. And yes. you know, we have an obligation. This yeah. is I feel like identity. I read
2: Big Dog D1223. You did justice accurately. to Big Dog D12223. All right, so Nielsen, also accurate from Syracuse, asks Do scientists and theorists have any idea how much time passed before the Big Bang? Was there time before the Big Bang?
4: I or can't answer that.
1: Yeah, I know.
4: <laughs> we have no freaking idea.
1: Okay, next uh, question. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, what do you have? What do you got for that?
4: I mean, the, the the standard wisdom was always that time started at the Big Bang and that before that there was no time. That was the you know, the first, second happened then. But, you know, I think there's new thinking now. I think ideas like uh, eternal inflation, so the idea that, that possibly this universe just nucleated out of some inflating, rapidly expanding multiverse type thing in which time might have some sort of existence.
1: Yeah, but then it would be time there'd be a meta-time for the meta-universe, yes. basically. It, it Whereas our bubble surely has a beginning point. And so, sure, that, so, that, that one dimension so I don't want to get semantic on it. We right. can say time as we measure it began at our mm. beginning. Right. But if we are part of this multiverse, then yep. the, the <laughs> you should think of a multi-time right. that actually is the master clock of all.
0: Yeah,
4: or, or it's talking instead so of chain of cause and effect. There was a cause before the Big Bang of some sort.
2: So like w- roughly an hour? <laughs> yes, yeah, like, you know. <laughs> 45 minutes? <laughs> 45 minutes. I don't want to so be sure. inaccurate. Uh-huh. All right, Mr. Findle asks, mm-hmm. we created tools to detect and see different wavelengths of light that our eyes can't see. That's for damn sure. Are there any ideas of tools that would allow us to detect and see dark matter? So many ideas, depending yeah. on what
4: on earth well, on the first that is. Well
1: first, we do see the effects dark matter has on matter. <coughs> right. Dark matter has What's gravity. What's the effect we see Okay. it? has gravity. Mm. That's how we know it's there. That's These why we talk about it stars rotating too quickly. And I keep saying this, it shouldn't ever have been named dark matter. It mm-hmm. should just been called Fred. Because mm-hmm. we don't know anything about it.
2: Meaning well, it's not m- matter per se. It, it,
1: it may be matter, maybe not. Yeah. So to call it any kind of matter is misleading. Yeah. Right. It's presumptive. It, 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 presumptive. That's yeah. a better word. Thank you. And But what it actually is, is dark gravity? Mm. Mm-hmm. That is literally true. Yeah. So, so we see its effects on things, and that's pretty good. That's so. That's why we all know something's happening out there. Yeah. All right. So now, is there some other way we can detect it? You got any ideas? Depends
4: on what it is. I mean, if if it is really matter and it's in some kind of particle, then people are all over it. So people are.
1: That's, that's I, the, the over under on that is that it's going to be a particle. Yeah,
4: like like some ideas is that it might it might self-annihilate when dark matter particles find each other, and that would produce very high energy light, that, mm-hmm. or, or, or other particles that we could detect here on Earth, um, mm-hmm. as, as you know little flashes of gamma is, rays or cosmic rays. Is well,
2: dark it, matter something that's far out in space, or is, there, is it near the Earth, or is it everywhere? everywhere? Meaning it might be in this room? That's it's right.
1: it's certainly right. in this room, but dark matter is so diffuse it's manifest only on very large scales. Exactly. So it is so dominated by ordinary matter in normal situations. Mm. Mm-hmm. It's it's this you can live life as though it's not there. Mm. Right. Same with our solar system. There's no you don't need to invoke dark matter to calculate mm. anything that's going yeah. on anywhere it's, around us. But
2: in deeper space where there's less, it and
1: has bigger space. There's, there's yeah,
4: more yeah. space, and so yeah. it just adds up over yeah, yeah. over the light years. And here's
1: the thing: might we ever find a, if it is a particle? Might we ever find a dark matter planet or dark matter something else? Probably not, because not only does this dark matter stuff, Fred, not interact with us, ordinary matter, it doesn't even interact with itself. And if you don't interact with yourself, you cannot coalesce and become something.
2: <clears throat> How do I, we know it doesn't interact with itself?
4: Because it would otherwise stick to itself. There, there's, there's an, there are ideas that would allow it to... Uh, hang out near each other? To, to, I mean, to annihilate itself when, it, when they interact, but... It's so small and spread out that it just doesn't happen very often. You think it's only a, a, a frequency issue? By some models. OK. But or, or it might not interact with itself. OK. It's also possible. Right, because we,
1: we, our particles, we, they, we make molecular bonds, atomic bonds, yeah. these So it's not going to
4: stick So to we
1: make it. molecules. And then we can be this fleshy thing called humans. You know? Yeah.
4: It's not capable of that sort of right,
1: complexity. Not, yeah. But it would be really cool if they were like humanoid dark matter entities. That would yeah. be cool.
4: I like the whole idea yeah. of a the dark. They'd be dark
1: completely transparent, because they don't interact with light. They could be right here, right now. They could be walking. They
2: could be all around us. Yes. Oh, maybe that's what angels are. Okay. (laughs) Solve that. Yep. One more real quick. What do you got? Great. Before we break. Someone let Mike Huckabee know. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Justin (laughs) Kenna uh, on Instagram asks, uh, is it possible for the fabric of space to be ripped or pulled apart? Could an overexpanded black hole then be the cause of a sort of big bang as the matter rips a hole through the fabric of space?
1: I saw that episode mm. of Doctor Who, by the way. So, I love the idea that we might rip. It's terrifying and beautiful at the same time. Mm-hmm. We're not gonna rip in what we're doing now, but in the distant future, where this, this dark energy mm. pressure of the vacuum mm. is Forcing an, uh, 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 an acceleration of the expansion, it that will grow exponentially. So I'm curious: might there be a day where space is expanding so rapidly that it c- its 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 pliability cannot keep up with what's happening to it, and it just rips instead of continues to stretch, mm,
4: or at the very least, atomic nuclei ripped apart and and yeah. So my if, if that's your favorite. Cosmic oh, destruction? I, it would be terrifying,
1: but oh my gosh,
4: <clears throat> that'd be a new thing. I think even cooler is vacuum decay. Ooh! So the idea? Ooh! <laughs> vacuum decay. Do you want? Oh! What's vacuum decay? Oh, ter- vacuum decay is oh, great. Uh, <laughs> over the well, commercial. i will decide if it's and, great. And it <laughs> could happen anytime. Over the commercial, he'll tell you. Okay.
1: <laughs> when we come back, more of uh, Star Talks, Cosmic Queries. Bill DeGrasse Tyson, Back at you, talking. Cosmic Queries Edition, oh, Grab Bag. I got Eugene Merman. Eugene. Hello. We love having you. I'll <laughs> stay away here. for so long next time. I'll, I'll, I'll be back soon. Yeah, call me or something. I mean, right. Okay. Yeah. Matt, great to have you. Hey guys. <laughs> We're at the YouTube What's studios. Up? Why? Because you have a YouTube show. Sure, I do. Called Space <laughs> Time, great name. Thank you very much. And it's PBS <laughs> name. I
4: didn't come up no, with great. it, but yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, uh, PBS Digital Studios. That's right. Very good. And so we're doing Q&A here. And uh, something that uh, keeps me awake at night is wondering whether the vacuum energy of the universe is
4: stable. I have, have lost sleep. About, you, I, I have lost sleep. You've I, lost sleep too? Last night How I lost some you? sleep. Have you?
2: I'm about to. We're,
4: <laughs> we're going to make sure you join the club. Yeah, yeah. Okay. What is it? So, uh, so vacuum decay. Yes. It's scarier than the big rip that might happen due to dark energy because it could happen at any time. It could happen spontaneously. So the idea is that you know the vacuum, you know, it, it, it basically a vacuum means there's nothing in it, mm-hmm. but actually the vacuum has some tiny bit of energy. The fields that permeate the universe, that give rise to particles are, are through the vacuum. Now one of those fields is the Higgs field. Mm-hmm. Okay? It, it's what gives um, subatomic particles mass, the famous Higgs boson. Yeah, it's, comes a, very it's, famous. A, it's a badass
1: particle. Yeah, so if a you had to be a particle, that's the that, one you'd That's be. The yeah. one you god, god particle. The god it got particle. a good nickname. It yeah. got yeah, the yeah. best
4: nickname. Uh-huh. Uh, so you know, the idea is that that oh, Higgs field. Can I give a quick, a quick explanation for how it gives mass?
1: I sure. think this wor- I think this explanation works. OK. OK, think of a party in Los Angeles. OK. In Hollywood. I've never sure. been invited to one, but. OK, all right. And so what the Higgs field does is it will create a resistance to your ability to move through that field, depending on what kind of particle you are. And the greater is that resistance, the more you measure its mass to be, okay? Because massive things don't move quickly. So you go to a party in Los Angeles, and somebody nobody has heard of walks in, okay? Arnold Schmednick, okay? Fine, walks in. No one crowds around him. He can go straight to the bar. He has very low party mass. Mm. Beyonce walks in. Then a scrum builds around her. She cannot move because people are taking selfies, getting autographs, asking her questions, paparazzi. She moves five inches a minute. Takes her a half hour to get across the thing. She has very high party mass. The party field granted her more mass than Arnold Schmegnik. So Arnold is a neutrino,
4: and Beyonce is uh, it's a massive particle, electron. Exactly. Yeah. yeah okay. okay.
1: Good. So the universe well, just is. Do I get your approval on that analogy? I think it. I think it's I good. Think I think it's, it's a great
4: start. And I, I direct everyone to an episode on space time we have done this subject that uh, takes only a tiny little bit further. Just. Okay. All right. Good. Yeah. Good. Um, good. Um, <laughs> but. The cool thing about the I Higgs is just dissed my example. No, I, I love I know, this. Well,
2: here's
1: what I think cuz well, I've <laughs>
4: I've never, I've never been invited to, to that party it. and I know <laughs> that I passed <toss> through. <laughs>
2: we, we I know. <laughs> tell me about the vacuum <laughs> that I need to be afraid of.
4: Okay, Please. So the so the Higgs field works because it has a non-zero energy everywhere. There's a little bit of Higgsiness everywhere in the universe. Yeah. This little field that goes it all, what all I tell volume of
2: space. And that's how I describe right. it. Right.
4: Yeah. And just to be just to be clear
1: cuz in case anyone who's watching this is really young, and the only concept of a vacuum is a machine that's sitting in the closet. Mm, So that machine creates a vacuum, hence we call them vacuums, right? Mm. So in space, unlike, who was it that said it, uh, nature abhors a vacuum
4: Mm,
1: only on the surface of the Earth. the universe is vacuum, mm. so the universe loves itself
4: some vacuum. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's, it's, a, it's a region where there's nothing, except there isn't nothing. There's some little Higgs energy. Higgs energy, go on. Right, uh, and so when when the the universe was settling down soon after the Big Bang, that Higgs energy found a nice comfortable place to 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 be, a, to rest. a value to take, and. You can sort of think of it as it it was it was falling downhill in energy, and it found a nice dip in the energy that it could be, and came to rest at that that particular energy. But over that little hump, uh, there may be a deeper drop and a much more preferential, comfortable, lower energy for the Higgs, the Higgs field to take. The vacuum, if it could get to that lower energy point, it would go there because the universe, one thing the universe does love to do is be in a low energy state. Mm-hmm. That's that's something it, it, it will do whenever it can. But it, it needs to realize that over that little hump, that low energy state is there. It only takes one little part of the universe to 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 get the message that it can have a lower Higgs state. And it takes the whole
1: rest of the universe with it. And
4: yeah, and, and so the idea is you have this vacuum decay. That little part of the vacuum decays to that lower energy state. And all of physics goes out the window. Everything loses mass. All particles s- can suddenly move at the speed of light. Uh, time winks out, as, as we understand it. We all become essentially photons. Maybe, and maybe
2: that say
4: dogs and cats start dating one another. I, 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 if, if they <laughs>
1: don't
2: that, turn into that, bubbles That,
1: that <laughs> is
4: highly hypothetical. No one has no one proven so that. Wait, so
2: say it again. What happens? Uh,
4: so so the, once the universe realizes that it, it is this new energy state and, and not what we thought, that bubble expands and at the speed of light, envelops the universe. Okay, uh, but it, but you know the universe is big, so it much so it depends water. where
2: it starts. Yeah. but if this is happening somewhere in the universe, then we'll just get swallowed up in it. Yeah, yeah basically.
4: Yeah. So yeah. It's, what are the we're
2: chances it's already happening?
4: The chance is we
0: we have no idea.
1: By the we way, I think great. of this loss of the vacuum state every time I fly over Crater Lake. Uh huh. You know, uh, it's the volcanic caldera, and there's a crater there. Sure. And there's a lake in it. There's water just sitting there.
2: Yeah, ready and to kill you.
1: Now, if that water knew that it or it had access. To the ocean below, it would go like that. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't know. Mm, it's exactly. trapped yes. in this. That's good. In this. In this. It thinks it has reached the low ground because water always tra- finds the lowest spot. Because mm-hmm. water always finds the lowest spot. It thinks it has reached the low ground, but it doesn't know that it can get lower. Mm. And so I, like I said, I lose sleep wondering.
4: And part of the problem is that because the the, the the new vacuum expands at the speed of light, we can't see it coming because light can't outpace it. The first it indication we get would be it. it it's arriving. too late. So
2: right. it sounds like there, in a sense, is nothing to fear because it'll just happen.
4: <laughs> That's not going to help me.
2: <laughs> well, meaning, I think a thing to fear Wait, is you can't like, even watch it happen. Yeah, That's it'll thing. just be, we'll have been a thing and then not a thing. That's not so bad.
4: Yeah. It's, yeah. I mean, I don't yeah. prefer it. <laughs> But we're a simulation anyway, so it's going to take some. we <laughs>
2: really love being in. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what else you got? All right, um, let's. Uh, Questions from the internet. Yes. yes. Mm-hmm. Um, let's read this question, ready? Mm-hmm. D61636 on Instagram asks, how was the Phoenix cluster discovered, and why hasn't it devoured our solar system?
4: I hope you know the answer to this. No, I don't, I don't know what the Phoenix cluster is.
2: Well, is I guess that's another thing to fear. <laughs> 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 well, I don't. I, I don't know um, what the Phoenix Cluster
1: is.
4: You don't well, know. The Phoenix Cluster I know is? what the Phoenix Nebula is. Oh, what is, is it? that? It's a, a rather beautiful star-forming nebula um, that is, I guess it's some hundreds of light years away. It's yeah, it's, it's quite pretty. Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: mm-hmm. Let me back up for a minute. So, uh, I don't know if this answers that specific question, but mm-hmm. it relates to it. Sure. If a black hole shows up somewhere. Mm-hmm it doesn't automatically become some kind of huge vacuum sucking up everything that it didn't previously suck in before, mm. given the mass that it once was. Mm-hmm. So v- black holes are not giant sucking machines. Oh. If, Earth, if, Earth, if if the sun became a black hole,
2: mm-hmm.
1: all the planets won't all of a sudden just get sucked into mm-hmm. the sun.
2: But we would be harmed. Well, <laughs> it would be cold. It'd be very cold. That's the only <laughs> okay. change. Like super cold. It would be Super cold.
4: cold. As cold as it gets. Yeah. As
2: cold as is possible.
1: So is
4: this how we reassure people after the vacuum decay thing? That now <laughs> I get
2: why people are afraid of science. <laughs> the more you know, the more there is to fear. So if in this cluster
4: there's some black hole they might have read about, I haven't gotten the
1: latest on that, but mm-hmm. if that's the case, mm-hmm. you needn't fear freshly formed black holes. Great. Because the, gra- the gravity... The, the reason why black holes are scary is because you can get very close to them because they're very small. And when you get close to them, you feel extraordinary gravitational effects on you. But if you maintain the distance you've always had from that object, it makes no difference to you.
2: Like if a uh, black I, hole was in Chicago, would we be fine here in New York?
1: How
4: big is the black hole? Yeah, it depends uh, on the,
2: the black size hole. of a uh, nice shoes.
4: It in, in in yeah. Yeah, it would
2: yeah. it would systematically eat the earth. Yeah,
4: that oh, that, that, so that would okay. be that would be like the mass of Jupiter Oh, I'm
2: so, yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. So because uh, yeah, earth if it is the that size of a yeah, Jupiter. So what if it was the size of a dime would that destroy the earth?
4: That would be the mass of more than the Earth.
2: Uh, I, I, I no, no, Earth, was,
4: is, Earth is a black hole the size of like it's a, a grape it's, no, it's nine millimeters in yeah, diameter yeah. So
2: a pomegranate yeah. seed Black
4: hole That sounds rough too The types of black hole that the large hadron collider Would produce in its, when mm-hmm. it collides beams Those would be so infinitesimally small That it shouldn't be a problem <laughs> they Great. should they should decay instantly Very for one reassured. thing. <laughs> <laughs> so the thing,
2: so basically, you should be okay. Basically, it'll
4: probably be okay. Time for one or
2: another.
1: Yeah,
4: question, yeah, yeah. Let's do right?
2: it. Right, when it comes to the multiverse theory, is there any way to know the ages of the various universes, or would they all be the same age? Mm. Mm.
4: Wow. So I think the answer is absolutely no way, given that there's no way to to test whether. Uh, they exist. So here's an interesting
1: fact of science. Mm-hmm. Generally, if you don't know anything, your first question is the simplest: Does it exist? Mm. Right. Then, when you confirm that it exists, then you ask the next round of questions: mm. How long has it existed? Right. Will it die? Then you go: How big is it? What are the properties? So right now, we don't we don't even know if multiverses exist. Right. Much less start handing out ages well, to them. Uh, the the idea is these things pop in and out of existence. Forever, in some meta clock.
2: Right. All right. And yeah. So how, we, would we, how, how would you know if there was another universe? Well, it
4: also depends on the type of multiverse. I mean, there are many different types to choose from. What's 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 oh, an right. example? Like five so, examples. So so five examples. Easy. Examples. easy. Let me write. So there's the quantum multiverse, the idea of many worlds that 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 the universe splits into, mm-hmm. to, to multiple realizations of itself at every little subatomic decision. Mm-hmm. That one is the same, they're all the same age, because they all started from the same mm-hmm. ch- uh, branching chain. Uh, then you have the, the... This is the famous
1: many worlds exactly in interpretation. Yeah, yeah.
4: Mm-hmm. So then you have the the idea of the multiverse that ex- that expands from the, what I mentioned uh, earlier in the, the show, the, the eternally inflating multiverse. Mm-hmm. So one part of it just stops inflating so crazily fast and just does regular Big Bang inflation. And those should those should just be appearing all the time in that greater multiverse. One cool thing about those is that it may be possible to detect them if you happen to have two uh, universes that kind of appeared like champagne bubbles and overlapped in the in the very beginning, intersected and and merged. You would see like rings on the cosmic microwave background radiation, sort of coffee stains of where they interacted back in the oh. beginning, mm. and. We haven't seen them yet, but we will keep looking. coffee stained universe. <laughs> Somebody's a poet. <laughs> uh,
1: oh, there's another one where the actual space time that you're in has pockets of non-causally connected expanding sections. Mm. So in other words, mm. we look out to our horizon. Mm-hmm. But beyond that horizon, there's a whole other universe. But it's part of our space time, but we, can't, we don't have access to it. And so that there's this huge, fabric of space-time, and just universes dotting the space within it, mm-hmm. and <coughs> so.
4: And that type should be, as all, they all should be the same age. Exactly. They started with the same Big Bang. Exactly, that would be the same Big Bang that birthed we, it. That's right. three. But my um, favorite
1: one is the one where it's just this frothy foam that is birthing universes back and forth.
4: And just for completeness number five, the, <laughs> the <laughs> Fecund universe of Lee Smolin, where black holes, when they form, they create new universes.
1: Because inside be of a black hole, the right. mathematics tells you, a whole other space-time emerges on the other side. side. After, because you, you fall in, you'll mm-hmm. get to that. After you see the future history of the universe from whence you came unfold. No. Yeah. So yeah, that. I, I got was just then. Yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so All the right, answer we, is we don't know, but some of our ideas are really great.
1: <laughs> we got to stop it here. So you've been watching, if you've seen this on YouTube or otherwise listening to Star Talk the Cosmic Queries Edition. I've been your host, Neil deGrasse Tyson, your personal astrophysicist. I think Eugene Merman. Eugene, thanks for coming back. Thank
2: you very Call much for me having sometimes, me. me yeah. I will. All right, you're in I Boston I'm now. I'm going to start texting you science questions. <laughs> OK. In the middle of the then night. I know you
1: are alive. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to say,
2: you up? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, <there you> go. <laughs> I will. It's <laughs> will like, how does more? the universe work, Neil? <laughs> <laughs> i am at a bar with some friends. We want to know. Exactly.
1: <laughs> exactly. And I, I think my friend and colleague, um, Matt O'Dowd, uh, who's got his own YouTube channel on PBS Digital Studios, and it's called Space Time. Space <laughs> Time. If I type in Space Time, it goes to you. you. Type it straight into. Doesn't go to Einstein's theory. It goes to you. We're number three okay. or something like that. <laughs> great having you. Thank yeah, you thanks thanks for a lot. For time. Right, good. So as always, I bid you. I did you.